This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey there. It's the Lori and Julia Show. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Guess what? what day it is. What? what? Guess what day what? it is. What day? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Yeah, hump day. Laurie and Julia show on your hump day and a lovely afternoon it is. Once again on the show today, we will have you guess the celebrity voice to win a couple of tickets to see Rob Lowe, who will be at the State Theater on the 20th of May. We'll give you a chance to uh, to win those coming up later on. Nice. And we can win your Mother's Day present no for your kidding. mom. Take your mom to this. That's a good That'd be idea. kind of fun. I, I would say. Oh, All right. Yeah. What? I had to. What so, did you do today? I had a serious conversation with my closet. Like serious, like does that mean you stood with your hands in your hip and I did. yelled at it? I'm like, why do I have no space to put anything yet? I wear nothing, nothing. in here. So, since I moved into this place, they had the built-in like California closets, mm-hmm. and I need more shelving because it it's not set up for me. Yeah, you it's need set more up for organizational s- spacing. It, it's set up for someone who wears suits and is tall. Yes. And can hang things up, which I am neither. Yeah. And so I just, and I'd sit there and I'm like, okay, I haven't worn you in two years, but you're really cute. Will I ever wear you? Should I put you in the bag to bring to elite, repeat next fall? Should I put you, you know, where yeah. are you going to go? Yes. So I sat did and did that. Did the clothes talk back and tell you what to do? A lot of them did. Good. A lot of them said it's time. Yeah. It's time yeah. to let go. Let go of the dream. Let go of the dream. Let go. <laughs> the emotional the, connection. I, that's a big reason why we hang on to stuff. And some of them are like, I don't know why I buy them so big. Um, I, one of them was tops that we bought matching in um, Beverly Hills with our little loop. Oh, with the loophole? Yeah, that thing. I gave that away a long Mine's time Mine's an extra ago. large. Yeah, I know. They were just gigantic. I mean, gigantic. Uh, we get Beverly Hills eyes. We get, uh, we get starstruck by a price, a label. And we talk ourselves into things. We see ourselves traveling in these oh, uh, clothes. You know, look at just, how I buy coats because I right, uh, you and my coat cries. I could wear it in Paris. I could wear it in London. I could wear it in New York. I just keep buying coats. Mm-hmm. It's got it's, a problem. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the the black shoe syndrome. Oh, yeah. How many more years do I have to keep these? Yeah, I just came across the shoes we bought at the Kentucky Derby. <gasps> Remember that day we were like oh, yes. our feet. Oh, we brought the first year we went to the Kentucky Derby. We just brought all the wrong footwear. Everything wrong. For whatever reason. Why was it wrong? Because we didn't realize you had to walk 900 miles. We didn't walk 900. We got dropped right off. But but we were told, yeah, you're not going to, you're going to want to wear comfortable shoes. It's a lot of walking around. We didn't have anything cute. And we went to like some... You know, pay less. Type no, it was of shoe. beyond. It, it was lower than that, Lori. Lower than that. Oh yeah, it really was because <laughs> my shoes were like fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, I never. Well, we were. I threw them out right after because they were the most uncomfortable shoes yeah. in the world. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so anyway, the closet conversations. Well, that's good. I'm glad you. I had know. It, you know. I I think so. I'm getting. 
It's, it's to the bottom of it. Yeah. I'd like now my closet to have a light in it so I could see <laughs> and some shelving. Yeah. So I'm getting it emptied out for, yeah, for that. That's very good. Okay. What'd you do? Well, well, I just, you know, got up and went to my kickboxing class and uh, just got up and worked out for yeah. my seventh day in a row. Yeah. No, but Carl wasn't there last week. And, you know, I don't like showing up. I don't like getting up at 540 in the morning and then. Carl isn't there. He's you know? your favorite kickboxing and boxing instructor. He's the only reason I get up at yeah, at, get at, at, at this early time. I don't have to be to work for hours. All these other I people know. I'm kickboxing with have real jobs and you have to be there by eight. They bring yeah. their you know clothes and suits yeah. and everything shower and shower yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but my hair, I'm like uh, for some reason I scheduled like a. Nine days between the blowout. Oh, um, that is unheard of for you. Because I'm going on a vacation right. and I want to have good hair for the vacation. Sure. Don't get blowout, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I didn't really take a good full look at myself before I left the house at 5, you know, 50 yeah. this morning. And I get in, get in my spot. My two guys saved me a spot. We're all happy. Carl's there. We're going to get a good workout in. And then I look at my hair and I mean, I look like... You know, alfalfa. Your hair never looks bad, Lori. But it was sticking out every which way. So just as we were lightly warming up, I yes. thought I would like kind of bat mouth, it down, mouth, you lick your hand lick and lick your hair, hair in your place. Hand. How'd that work? Well, Carl's like, if you're right about your hair, Lori, you should have fixed it before you got here right in front of everybody. Oh, nice. And I oh. work out in the front row. Of course you do. Oh, I felt Of course small. you do. Good thing I like Carl so much. But yeah. it's so funny because you have never had a bad hair day. Even when I walked in today and saw you from behind, I, what did I say? Hair looks so pretty today. And she goes, oh, it's so dirty. Oh. I mean, if my hair was as many days old as yours, yeah. you would you would scream at me. <laughs> like and, I did yesterday. And tell me I have something else. <laughs> was yesterday the one? Yesterday your hair looked like something about Mary. Yeah, in the back, though. Never in the front. No, in the back. Right with the complete with like a wet-looking curl. It was a wet-looking curl. And the day before your hair, I said, oh, do you have an oil treatment in your hair today? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have a colic right at the top in the back of my head. Yeah, and Yeah, I know. But anyway, no, my favorite is, I don't like it when you don't look good, Julia. (laughs) Yeah. It upsets me. Oh no, I don't like it when you don't when you don't maximize. Make an effort. Make an effort. Do something. I thought you would be sure be all over me for today's outfit, but I've just kind of not stood up in front of you. Yeah, no, no, but I I do like when you make an effort. I know. I don't like it when you look like you just rolled out of bed and you've got a migraine and you're going to be going oy vain all over the place. Then I'm I'm nervous, understandably, before the program begins. It's going to be a long show. Yeah, it's going to be a long show. That's exactly right. Hey, I have got to give a notable obituary. I was reading the Huffington Post last night and I see... Designer Judith Lieber and her painter husband of 72 years die hours apart. I didn't even know Judith Lieber died. She died last Saturday. I didn't know either. So she's the legendary handbag designer. Um, She was 97. Her husband, abstract painter Gerson Lieber, was 96. And they met in Europe in the aftermath of World War II. Mm -hmm. And they both died of heart attacks at their home. And they were buried together just on this past Monday. And their biographer and spokesman, Jeffrey Sussman, said they were a 90-something-year-old Romeo and Juliet. 
Neither wanted to live without each other. She'd been in hospice for a few weeks before Mm -hmm. she died. Her husband was hospitalized on Friday. He came home from the hospital on Saturday, and he said to his wife, Judith Lieber, the nurse told me or that he leaned over and said, sweetie, it's time for us to go. And within hours. They both died. I love these love stories. I know it. And they met this. They met, uh, she was born in Budapest and she began making handbags as a young woman. She and her family who were Jewish avoided being sent to concentration camps by sewing army uniforms. And her husband was uh, an American soldier stationed in Europe. Mm -hmm. And they met over there. They married in 1946 and they, they settled in Brooklyn and, um, he met her because their family had a room to rent out. Yes. And he was he was a military officer and waiting to get on base or something. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so he spoke English, you know, really well. And she could practice yep. with them. And they, they fell, fell in, in love. love. They never had kids. And, of course, she was best known for the Minia Adere. I don't even know if I'm saying I, that's I, right. It's I, the little tiny clutches. Yes. Very bejeweled. Yes. She dabbled in shapes. eyeglasses for a while yes, and you had a pair of them. Yes. And whimsical shapes. You see them on a lot of Hollywood yeah. red carpets. They're beautiful. She didn't retire till she was uh, 77 and she, right. she re- sold her company in 1993. And he was a, he was a true modernist, Julia. Mm-hmm. Abstract expressionism. Well, what's interesting is they have this place called the Lieber Collection and it houses their works of arts and chronicles their careers. And it's kind of like a little museum. Oh. And it's located in Springs, which is where they lived, which is a hamlet of East Ham- Hampton. And Isn't it opens- that so cute, a hamlet I- of East so Hampton? So cute. And it opens for the summer season. So this little mini museum. Yeah, cool. Oh. Anyway, that's quite a story. I never knew I never that. knew. I didn't either. And I always thought Judith Lieber was like some 60-some-year-old lady. Totally. Yeah. All right, totally. listen, when we come back, it's our story. We can't get enough. Everybody, welcome back to my talk 1071. It's a story we can get enough of, but everyone is talking about it. Every single uh, entertainment news program, everybody is talking about uh, Kanye West and his Ignorance. incendiary yeah. uh, lecture that he gave to TMZ Live yesterday. And uh, let's I thought that GMA, they did the story at 730 that a little bit. We'll just play that. And then we've got some other uh, things that people are weighing in on. Overnight, a firestorm sparked by Kanye West's words to TMZ about slavery. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like, it's like we're, we're mentally in prison. West facing immediate backlash from TMZ staffers. What you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. I'm appalled and brother... I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. And getting near unanimous outrage on social media. One person tweeting, to say slavery was a choice isn't only deluded, it's insensitive, it's hateful, and it's demeaning. Last night, Kanye began walking back his comments online. To make myself clear, of course, I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will. His slavery comments the latest in a string of controversial proclamations in his recent return to Twitter. West reiterating his affection for Donald Trump. We are both dragon energy, West had tweeted earlier, earning an equally warm response from the president. Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. 
More than a year after his November 16th hospitalization, West now breaking his silence, disclosing details of his medical struggles. In a wide-ranging conversation with radio personality Charlemagne the God released yesterday, the hip-hop multi-talent said his nine-day stay at UCLA Medical Center, not a breakdown, he says, but a breakthrough, brought on in part by stress from the at-gunpoint robbery of his wife, Kim Kardashian West, in Paris one month earlier. West cited other pressures, including troubles he says he's had getting his music on the radio ever since he famously interrupted Taylor Swift at the 2009 MTV VMAs. Ever since the Taylor Swift moment, it just had never, it never been the same, the connection with radio. And in his TMZ interview, revealing that he'd been using opioids before his hospitalization. I got liposuction because I didn't want y'all to call me fat like y'all called Rob at the wedding. I was addicted to opioids. Two days I got off of opioids, I'm, I'm in the hospital. Okay. Kanye has also said he'll be releasing a seven-song album June 1st. Okay. So he's blamed everyone else yeah, about he, all of his situations. He's thrown black people under the bus mm-hmm. slavery, which in the United States was, was 150 years ago, mm-hmm. not 400 years ago. He throws Rob under the bus, Rob uh, calling him fat, that yep. he had to get lipo, and then he got lipo, and, and that's, that's why he, he got on the pain pills. Then Kim, the robbery, she's the one who freaking got robbed and right. tied up and had the gun in her face. Right. And Taylor Swift. But he had the breakdown over it. Right, right the but, breakthrough. He's, but, but yeah, the breakthrough. And then the Taylor Swift and you know, uh, yay Wendy Williams. She reminded us today when she was discussing it. She showed a photo of Kanye West on that red carpet when he interrupted uh, Taylor Swift carrying a bottle, bottle of, of booze. booze. Yep, when he was oh, with yeah. and he was yep. dating Amber Rose. Yes, he was. So he was wasted when he yep. did that. He did that to himself. I, I could when I woke up this morning and I looked. Uh, I just thought after I saw this at 7.30 in Jimmy, I thought I'm going to look and see what Twitter's saying. What was the number one thing on Twitter? I guess I've been going all night. If slavery was a choice, the hashtag, if slavery was a choice, because Kanye was like basically, you know, he said that it was. I mean, he, this is a man who brags about not reading. Well, this is, and here's what um, he, he, yeah, Don Lemon, Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He said about him today, um, I see, I think what we're seeing right now is a sad case of someone who isn't listening to people around him who are trying to tell him to just think first. It's spiral, spiraling, spiraling. Yes, out of control. And he's embarrassing himself because he doesn't know history. He needs to read. Yeah. And, you know, there's also been cases. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, playing into, and I, 
you know, like the like the happy slave, you know, like what you see in Gone with the Wind and yes, Song of the yes, South. Right. I the mean, they've had to in Texas and other places, yeah. they've had to change. You know, there have been history books where they talk about, oh, you know, the, people have had to fight to get the cur- sure. the factual history in there. Oh, that we imported all these African workers here mm-hmm. as if they had a choice. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, it's just it's he does have this. Uh, he has a lot of followers. Yes, he and does. Let's let's play. So, will I am? Yeah, he was over on Good Morning Britain with right. Piers Morgan, and yeah. Piers Morgan had already like last night. You know, he loves to jump in yeah, on I anything, know he does. but he had already written something about Kanye and just how mad he was for saying that slavery may have been a choice. Um, because he also, if you listen to that whole thing, I mean. He, you know, like, what is he going to say? Holo- the Holocaust was a choice right, I next. Know. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But he, uh, uh, Piers Morgan said, the entire interview with Will I Am became his answer to my one question. What did you make of what Kanye said? Right. Here we go. That statement was one of the most ignorant statements that anybody that came from the hood could ever say about their ancestors. That slavery is a choice. What are you talking about? You know Kanye. Yeah, but that's not Kanye. What is what do you mean? What, what's he up to? What's he doing? I don't, I don't, I don't know. To me, that's a, that's a different person that's saying that. And, um, and I hope it's not to raise awareness so you could sell a record and some, sh- some shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. He almost looked like he was going right. to cry, yeah, Will I Am. Very upset, yeah. And a lot of people were like, you know, hell yeah to the TMZ a uh, guy, his name is Van. I can't think of his last name right now, but for so eloquently putting Kanye in his place and then Kanye just, I love you, man. I love right, you. This right. is just free thinking. Right. I believe 100% the Us Weekly story that Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner are in a complete and utter panic over what he's saying and what he might be manifesting or what is going on. She's already, they were filming Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Mm -hmm. and there was like double the amount of security that they normally have. Mm -hmm. Because this kind of talk is just, it's just, you don't know, like, is he... Is he in full it's, blown manic? I, I well, that's know. what I said yesterday or, when we were talking about. It. I said it's difficult to listen to because it sounds like he's having another breakdown, but is he calls it a breakthrough? Breakthrough. And he, um, I just everything's she's, about him. Yes, everything's every, about yeah, him. Yeah. And, and and you know, he's a therapist. Everybody's my therapist, and yeah. he's just spewing stupid things to get a reaction from people but i do think he's gone i think it's, he's gone too far with for the people sure. that are gonna be interested in buying his albums yeah. and to blame it on radio play that his albums aren't being played i blame it on your music dude yeah take some responsibility yeah and kim she hasn't dropped any more naked photos she's going one step further going to the white house trying to get this black woman um getting a um what do you call it? She's paying her legal bills. No, not paying oh, her legal bills. Sorry. I'll finish oh, later. I know things. Entertainment. She's up on all the trends. This is the My Talk Now trending report. There are things you need to know. To know, to know, to know. 
Trending online this afternoon, Cambridge Analytica, that firm that harvested Facebook data to help Trump win the U.S. election, is now going to shut down. They, of course, have been at the center of the Facebook data sharing scandal. Also trending online this afternoon, Savannah, at least five people are dead in a military plane crash outside of that town in Georgia. Also trending this afternoon, the Boy Scouts, the Boy Scouts of America, is formally accepting girls beginning this summer and the name of the program for scouts ages 10 to 17 will now become scouts bsa that change will happen early next year also trending online would be princess charlotte the little royal is turning three years old today so happy cute. birthday so, so darn cute darn cute all of the kids are cute yeah uh and also trending jk rowling she has apologized for killing Dobby the house elf. This on the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts in the book print, uh, Harry Potter, not Prince, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That's what's trending here at my talk. All right, here's your forecast. Cloudy 48 tonight. It'll start off sunny tomorrow, but then we've got some showers coming in after 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, tomorrow's like 73. Right now, very nice, though. It is 66 at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We are just absolutely delighted. We have Eileen McNamara with us. Uh, She spent uh, 30 years as a journalist at the Boston Globe, won a Pulitzer Prize, and her uh, book is called Eunice, the Kennedy Who Changed the World. Hi, Eileen. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, Absolutely. thank you. We heard about your book um, when Maria Shriver was on the, um, Today the Today Show, you know, talking about this book. And we were just like really intrigued because we were like, well, I don't think we know the story of Eunice Kennedy Shriver. And, and it turns out we didn't. Exactly. Neither did I until I started researching this book. It's a great untold story. Okay, so was it done in cooperation with the family? No. no. I mean, the family, uh, the family did cooperate in the sense that they all submitted to interviews. But okay. They didn't. They didn't have any um, authority over the book. Right. So you have you've been a reporter at the Boston Globe for thirty years. So obviously you were aware of the Kennedys and knew a lot about them. What was it about Eunice that you just decided I need to write a book about this woman? Well, it's interesting that you know she died two weeks before Senator Ted Kennedy did mm-hmm. um, in two thousand and nine, and I just noticed the difference in the treatment of their their passing. Um, as you know, Mrs. Shriver started Special Olympics, which right. is is in more than 170 countries around the world, and uh, you know it affects millions and millions of people. And in Senator Kennedy's obituary in the New York Times, I noticed that in the photographs accompanying it, they misidentified all of his sisters. Oh. <laughs> it was as if every Kennedy woman was interchangeable or invisible. And I knew that not to be the case of uh, Mrs. Schreiber. Mm-hmm. She was a force of nature. And so when you talk about, let's kind of yeah. start at the beginning, what became her passion about helping people that were, you know, at the time called mentally challenged? Um, her sister Rosemary was born with mild intellectual disabilities, and she was her older sister. And for all of their childhood, the two of them were paired together. They sailed together. They went hiking. They were debutantes in London when Joe Kennedy was the ambassador to Great Britain. They were very, very close. 
And uh, as Rosemary aged, uh, mental illness compounded her intellectual disabilities. She got violent. She struck out at her family. She had terrible mood swings. And then in a misguided attempt to cure her, uh, Joseph Kennedy had her lobotomized. Oh, my gosh. And, oh. and it left her completely incapacitated. Uh, couldn't talk, couldn't walk. Unbelievable. And, and did Eunice always, like, have deep, you know, like, did she think she could have done something to stop her dad? Did she blame well, herself? Well, you know, J- Joe Kennedy acted on his own. He didn't even tell his wife, wow. Rose Kennedy, that he was subjecting his daughter to this surgery. So I'm sure that Eunice was unaware that the surgery had mm-hmm. even taken place. But the father then prohibited all the kids from visiting her. And he didn't tell them the extent of her disability now, where she was completely incapacitated. And I think as she did learn what happened to Rosemary as time went on, she felt not just rage at medicine Mm -hmm. or compounding her sister's problems, but maybe a little guilt herself for being complicit Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. being willing to let Rosemary be disappeared. Yeah. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, and I think it was like when uh, Joe Kennedy uh, had a, a stroke in 1961 that she's like, now that that dad can't be in charge, because it sounds like he completely dismissed the girls in that family. He did. He just he simply didn't see them. She she wrote a plaintive letter to her father in the late 50s when she said, Dear Daddy, you are spending so much time on everyone else's career. What about me? Mm-hmm. And she knew the answer is her father didn't see her because she was a girl. Yeah. Um, but you're right. In 1961, Joe had a very serious stroke, and he lost his ability to talk. And when he lost his voice, Eunice found hers. Yeah. And she brought Rosemary back into the center of that family. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, I, you know, she, she was ahead of even her brothers yeah. on social change. Yeah, that was and, really yeah. interesting to me about how she was more of a leader and she got her brother, including the president, to follow her and what she thought they should be doing. That's absolutely right. I mean, she worked in the Justice Department in 1947 and 48 on issues of juvenile delinquency, an issue Bobby Kennedy didn't really discover until 1961 with her help when he was the Attorney General of the United States. And Jack Kennedy never expressed any political interest in issues of intellectual disabilities until he was elected president, Eunice told him, the first thing you need to do is create a presidential panel on what we then called mental retardation. Mm -hmm. And Jack Kennedy did it not because his sister told him to, but because he knew his sister knew what worked on that issue because Mm -hmm. it meant so much to her. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really fascinating that she was just such a force for change and what she did. um, Like that people benefit from right now, even like how, like you were saying, how we how we used to treat people under age criminally. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. And when you think about it, there were no federal laws that protected children with intellectual disabilities when Jack Kennedy was elected president. They were mostly warehoused in horrible Dickensian facilities. And the last bill that Jack Kennedy signed, Una Shriver drafted, which closed those facilities, opened group homes, Mm -hmm. created departments of what we then called mental retardation in the states 
so that we could work on these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had a remarkable uh, impact on her brother's presidency. Yeah. That's just, it kind of, it, it's just so delightful yeah. to learn about her. Yeah, this is really, we're putting this with our favorite memoir last year, Eileen, was um, the, the Bunny Melon biography. Yeah. And yeah. I have a feeling that, that Eunice, the Kennedy who changed the world, is this year's uh, best biography. Just, it's oh, so, I'm glad to hear it. Because she it, deserves it. She's, I feel like she's been written out of history. Yes. Right. You know, that, you, that CNN documentary that was just on a several part series, mm-hmm. it, she got one sentence. Yeah. One sentence. Yeah, that's um, okay. So I, I know we remember her. You know, people will associate her for a special Olympics, but her legacy is a lot bigger than that. And that's even just that alone would be enough. That would be enough, I think, for most people. (laughs) Yeah. But it is, it's much bigger than that because she impacted public policy across presidential administrations all the way through uh, George Bush. She was really a power for change. I mean, until 1975, a child wasn't guaranteed a seat in a public school classroom if it had intellectual disabilities. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's extraordinary. She made that happen. Yeah. She changed. She changed the way we looked at these kids. She said, "Oh, look, they're just children who want to play." Yeah. Well, tell maybe you know share that story. How the seeds of Special Olympics were started by Eunice Kennedy because that's a great story. Well, she had um, she lived on this beautiful estate in Maryland, and uh, at, during the Kennedy administration, when all this progress was being made, um, a woman in Maryland called her up and said, "You know, you're working so hard on this issue. Why is there no place I can send my child to summer camp?" Oh, so Eunice looked out the backyard, and she had two hundred acres, <laughs> so she said, "Send her here." Yeah, and she she took children from local institutions and children who were basically hidden at home mm-hmm. and she put them out in the paddocks to ride her horses. She put them in the swimming pool on the tennis court and she hired um, local school girls and boys to come be counselors. And incredibly, you would never get away with this today. She hired um, inmates from a local prison to come and work at the camp because in her own life, she had also worked at a prison Mm -hmm. and she thought that prisoners deserve second chances too. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And so here we are in 2018, the 50th anniversary of the special Olympics. And I mean, that's, that's just a, that's huge. What started in a backyard and where it is today. And that was a hundred percent. She and her husband keeping, you know, making that go. Absolutely right. Sergeant Shriver, they were, they were a great team, and she had five children, and all five of them are committed to Special Olympics and work really hard on these issues. Mm-hmm. Was it easy for Eunice uh, Kennedy to be a mom? Because I've heard Maria Shriver talk about you know how her mom was her best friend, right. but she also was her toughest critic. critic. Yes. She was uh, she was a tough love advocate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no there was no huggies with Eunice. It was all what have you done? What have you accomplished? What are you giving back to the world today? And you know Maria will say she wishes sometimes that she had a softer, gentler mother. But 
the mother she got was the mother that inspired her to do as much as she's done in her own life. Yeah, right? that's so true. And also, you know, Eunice, how old was she, Eunice, when she passed away? Um, she was 88. 80, I mean, you know, that would be, for a woman of that age, that would be a more common kind of a thing yes. to, to, to be a little bit more, not always well, and- hugging and I love you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind all of this is chris jenner llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel do i love you every other second right you know? i think maria sharp is a very different kind of yes. mother with her children yeah, yeah. Yeah, How fascinating. Does, the book is... It's so good. And it's, the pictures are wonderful. One of my favorites is her wearing the poodle skirt. Um, oh, isn't that great? Yeah, 1952. Um, JF Ken- John F. Kennedy is written out on the poodle skirt, and she's in front of the television <laughs> camera. It's so cute. It's yeah, really... It's this is cute. really... Thank you for doing this and, and letting us know about this amazing woman. Well, I think, you know, it's really, really easy to write women out of history, and we've got to write them back in Mm -hmm. so that they get their due. And Eunice Kennedy Shriver deserves it. She really does. Yeah, she she does. And and your your book is just fantastic. It's called uh, Eunice, the Kennedy Who Changed the World. We're just so glad that you wrote it, Eileen. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for talking to me today. We have one last question on Eileen. We ask all, all of our authors, what's the last great book that you've read? Oh, what's the last great book that I just read? Oh, I read this wonderful book that was written actually by a colleague of mine. And it's got a crazy name. It's called um, Papist Patriots. <laughs> and as you can tell, I'm kind of a history buff. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, about, um, it's about the original Catholics who settled the colony of Maryland. And um, again, it was an untold story I didn't know about. And right. I, love, I love discovering uh, books that... I just wouldn't know about right. otherwise. Yeah. That's... Um, it's written by a woman named Maura Jane Farrelly. All right, Maura Jane Farrelly. And what's the name of the book again? Papist Patriots. It's okay. called Papist, Papist Patriots. Okay. And your book is called Eunice, The Kennedy Who Changed the World. And again, we are so glad to have met you. Thank you so much. It's been fun talking to you. Oh, okay. thank you. We've got a couple copies to give away, 651 641 1071. And when we come back, the oddest pairing ever in Andy Cohen's clubhouse. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it so much. Uh, Before we talk to our author about uh, that, it's really an amazing. If you like biographies, this is a book uh, definitely for you to read about Eunice uh, Shriver Kennedy. Um, But I was saying about Kim Kardashian that she's, uh, she's. Brought attention to this woman before this Alice Marie Johnson, okay, a sixty-two-year-old uh, woman who's been con- was convicted of drug conspiracy and money laundering in ninety-seven when 
She was in her early 40s. It was her first criminal offense, single mother of five, and she was sentenced to life in prison without Stop the possibility it. of What parole. state was that? Mississippi. Oh, there you go. And, uh, I mean, just, like, terrible. Right. I mean, terribly unfair sentence. So right. Kim is trying to get uh, President Trump by way of, I don't know, Ivanka, maybe, to pardon her. Oh, all right. And mm. maybe put Kanye's... You know, Trump, yeah, I love him and everything to good use to do this. She's talked about him before, but she is doing this now because uh, the timing is useful because he's on a shameful and potentially career ruining terror because of his TMZ Mm -hmm. lecture that he decided to give yesterday. And it just felt so... Megan McCain on The View said, I feel like I'm watching Britney with the umbrella. Oh, I I would agree, oh, wow, Lori. Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. He started out telling us he was going to write his book on Twitter. Yeah. It's That's just, a lazy... It's, it's been just... It's gone from weirdness to craziness to weirdness to, to beyond to beyond stupid, yeah. ignorant, and all of that. Yep. So that's what Kim is doing. So big clap Ooh, for that. For her. Now, over in Andy Cohen's clubhouse. Yes. I thought they were two of the oddest uh, pairing, but apparently they know each other, and that would be Katie Kirk and Geraldo Rivera. And, of course, I know that they would run into each other in New York, but her husband, who died yes. of cancer, Jay. Jay, he used to be Geraldo's Friday fill-in. Yep. Oh, was that right? On his TV yep. show. So that. they've actually mm-hmm. known each other a long time, long right? time and personally, and but... Geraldo has uh, like his, he writes a lot of books that Geraldo. he does and he's not having a good day today. His son isn't. Yeah. Oh. Well, he did. Uh-huh. He never showed up in the clubhouse. And so, of course, Andy had to have Geraldo play plead the fifth. And he played he pleads the fifth right away in the very first. Question. Yeah, I know he does. Here we it's go. Game time. <laughs> Geraldo's looking pretty comfortable, but I'm afraid he's about to hate that chair more than the one that was thrown the day your nose got broken on TV because Geraldo Rivera, the time has come for you to plead the fifth. I have three questions. You may plead the fifth to only one. Geraldo Rivera, who is the dumbest celebrity or public figure you've ever interviewed? Dumbest celebrity. Uh, I, I played the fifth. Uh, name one topic that, looking back, you were embarrassed to have covered on your daytime talk show. Men in lace panties and the women who love them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> he knew that right uh, away. I know. <laughs> Regarding uh, President Trump, you yourself have spoken uh, about personal infidelities that you've had. From what you know about him and his marriage, do you believe Stormy Daniels and the other cheating rumors? I think there's no corroborating. Me Too has made me want to believe every complainant, every person who makes a, an allegation. But with Stormy Daniels, I don't see any corroborating evidence other than the fact that they were together. I mean, I mean, all <laughs> the relationships that. I had, you always have photographs, you always have text messages, you always have some... Well, there, are photo- there is a photograph. Well, I mean, at, at, at the celebrity, when he was with the other Playboy right. model... What about the other woman who said she had a year Karen, and a half the, of, pl- yeah. the, the playmate. Yeah. Uh, she was allegedly at the same golf tournament as Stormy Daniels, so either he was very busy, the president, or... Right. You know, I, I think that broad strokes, he has evolved as a person. He came, as I did, from the Mad Men era, and I yeah. think he's evolved as a person. Why doesn't Melania want to hold his hand? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get between them, whatever it is. Uh, I, I think there is meaning in every one of those gestures. Thank you very much for... 
Oh, yeah. Because so, he says he is very good friends with Trump. They've known each other for, for 40 yeah, years. Forever. Yep. But, uh, you know, he said he does call me uh, when he wants something to be known. And then Andrew's like, have you ever wanted to call him? He said, yeah, last week when he called into Fox and Friends. And I wanted and to say, what is unhinged. wrong with you? Right. I wanted to call him yep. and say, stop. Yep. Get get off get off the horn. Well, so here's uh, do we have one, Katie Couric? Yeah, Katie advice. Couric uh, about well, this is the one where uh, talking about Matt Lauer and how when Matt Lauer was fired from NBC, Katie Couric and the clip from Watch What Happens Live was everywhere. It was everywhere. Here we go, Katie. I gotta ask you, um, and it, you you've already spoken about it ad nauseum, but I, I have to ask. It was. Um, been on my mind because the day the Matt Lauer thing broke, you started trending on Twitter immediately because a clip surfaced of you on Watch What Happens Live from 2012. I, right? I plead the fifth with you, which Geraldo's going to play in a minute. And I said to you, what's Matt Lauer's most annoying habit? You said he used to pinch me on the ass. I laughed thinking you were joking. I was joking. Were you joking? I was joking. Okay. It was a total joke. In fact, when that started circulating, Andy, I was like, oh my God, I was on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. I was, and, and it was so antithetical to the nature of our relationship. I thought it would be funny right. because it was so weird. Well, I laughed too and then people got on me for, oh, and look at him. No, no, no. White it was, privilege it was laughing. A, it was totally a joke. Right. It was totally a was joke. It was totally a joke. But I was really sorry I had made that joke. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Yeah. I mean, that was, yes. And because people, miscons- people misconstrued right. it. Yes, they certainly yeah. did. And, yeah. and now to have any kind of off-color humor like that, yeah. totally, you get banished. Yeah. What do you say? You get banished. You get banished. I mean, it really was. I remember when she said it, it was always a joke. Yeah, yeah, And then that yet replays and replays and replays and replays. Well, we'll have to get to the other one later because... She was pretty quick on her advice for uh, oh, Kanye West. What questions did you ask? Yeah, what did she good. say? What would she... it put the phone away? Put the phone away. Put, put the, the phone, phone down. down. <laughs> um, a couple people could do that. Yep. <laughs> put the phone down. Put the phone down. Yeah, she's got her new series on Nat Geo, which is what they call National Geographic. Right. Yeah, good stuff on that network. Yeah, there is some good yeah. stuff on there. So that's what she's doing, and that's why she's been making the, the talk show rounds. And of course, I love we love the news that Busy Phillips is getting a show on E, a late night talk show five nights a week. I'm thrilled with that. That's bad. Have you had a good I think and so too. Watch Bachelor